0: Welcome to the Multiply Network podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there, welcome to the Multiply Network. My name is Paul, so glad that you tuned in today. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a different approach in our podcast moving forward In my role, I have a wonderful uh, privilege of connecting with leaders all over Canada. And often when we're on Zoom calls or we're in person, we have this similar thought uh, because the conversation was so good that we wish it was recorded. And so uh, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. I'm going to bring you into some of the conversations that I get to be a part of with great guests Like the guest we have today, Jeff Christofferson. He's the executive director of Church Planting Canada. He's leading a church in Oakville. Uh, He's written books. He's talked, uh, you know, he's a missiologist. So he knows what's happening and he's thinking through the future as it relates to church and church planting. We talk about that and we just have a conversation about where we're at today. Hey, we even talk about Thanksgiving turkey and the fact that he put his turkey in a smoker, and now I want to buy one. Uh, so we talk about a lot of things. want to bring you into this conversation, and uh, you're going to love it because Jeff Christofferson's got so many great things to say, and it's coming up right now. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for uh, coming back on the Multiply Network podcast again.
1: It's great to be with you, Paul. It really is.
0: Yeah, it's so good to have you and uh, just finishing off a Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, weekend. And so, I mean, the big question, we're all wondering, what did you have for Thanksgiving dinner?
1: Yeah, well, we had the whole hee-haw gang over. And so I broke out my big Shirley and um, actually we did three turkeys, two I... uh I uh, we roasted one in the oven and I smoked two, and um, the two was a bit of a taste test where I um, I got a, like a regular frozen one from the grocery store and I bought a farm fresh one, and I treated them both the same, and I kind of said A or B, which one do you prefer? And so that was kind of.
0: Well interesting to me. Don't leave us hanging. What was it? A or B? <laughs> it's interesting. It was
1: like the the dollar sixty nine a pound turkey versus the 3 dollars 99 a pound farm fresh one. Yeah. And it was unanimous. Everyone wanted the $1.69 one. No way. Seriously.
0: Oh my yeah. goodness. Hey, tell okay, just I'm curious about this. Uh, what's with this smoking culture? Not you know, not cigarette smoking, but smoking yeah. meat culture. Like I feel like every time I jump on Facebook someone's got a smoker and showing brisket and ribs and <laughs> like what like I'm, am i missing something here
1: you're really missing I mean it is kind of fun to see like I've been doing this since I don't know 2005 something like that I've been involved in it and I started with a little weber smoky mountain thing and then I had a had a um green egg and now I've got this big uh, commercial smoker that I bought out of Alabama and had shipped up here and and it was a yeah but yeah I don't know it's just it's just to me there's a correlation between the amount of investment of energy you put in something and the better that tastes at the other end
0: yeah well uh, and so what do you recommend now I mean obviously we're not gonna all buy something from (laughs) Alabama but what's the if we were if we were to go out and buy something today in Canada what would we be looking at well,
1: I mean, to me, an offset smoker, something like that, okay. where your pellets are actually logs. And um, oh. those, are, those are the, you know, that's where you're going to get your best flavor for sure.
0: Okay. Well, everyone yeah. keep your eyes open, you know, for, for good <laughs> deals. Maybe Costco will start getting in the market on these things. Uh, Church Planting Canada, you're the executive director, and we have a conference coming up. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the vision? of Church Planting Canada, and uh, some of the, we're going to be hitting three things uh, over the next six years, just kind of on repeat, and yeah. uh, maybe unpack those things for us today.
1: Sure. So um, so Church Planting Canada, I think in Canada, we recognize maybe what our brothers to the South do not recognize, and that is that we're a minority and we need each other, <laughs> and um and so there, there's, you know, there's some of us, I suppose, that like to fight, but most most evangelicals in Canada, I think, are coming to the realization that we are outnumbered, outgunned, yeah. and we really need to learn from one another, encourage one another. And so um, the vision of Church Planning Canada way before my time, Cam Roxborough and others before him um, had this, this vision of how do we gather ourselves together to actually actually learn from one another, encourage one another. So that's that's been the genesis for a long time. Um, I think when, when I was asked to give leadership to it, um, I've been watching trends uh, both in Canada and the United States. And, um, and we're kind of the leading edge of the bad news in Canada and uh, <laughs> we feel it, we feel it first. Yeah, we do. You tr- and, so um, cool. and so I just been just, just come to the conviction that us just doing what we have been doing, only doing it a little better, doing it a little sexier, a little flashier, a little harder, putting more energy behind it, isn't going to get us. Uh, going isn't going to turn things around. And um, and we're actually um, at a at a nexus point, I think, where we have to make some significant changes. Or you know, there's just there's God's church isn't going to die, but no. but a lot of our our ideas and our, our, you know, structures and denominations are going to be in big, big trouble. And there's going to be sort of a, a rising of something new that's going to take its place. And which may happen anyway, who knows, but yeah. I, I just, and so those three big ideas that we talk about are, we need first a different kind of church. And in that, I, I speak of um, a church that looks at its pews as the resources for, as the raw material for what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so multiplication reproduction happens um, from a discipleship uh, energy p- towards disciple making. We, we not only use discipleship as a, you know a, a way to help people tithe and become good church members, but actually is a way that we that we send. And uh, so we, we have a disciple-making process that doesn't end, isn't a terminal process, and our church isn't the dead-end link on the Great Commission chain, right, right. but it, it moves forward, and so a different kind of church. And then to that, a different kind of church planter, right. different kind of leader, and here's where we've got to take a, a page out of our history Or a page out of what's going on around the globe and 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 begin to look towards less everything being professional and more between teams of co-vocational people and uh, where we're deploying um, teams of people that aren't that are called to all kinds of things in in the marketplace and also called to the Church of Jesus Christ. Right. And um, and working sort of symbiotically in that. And then thirdly, then a different kind of church, a different kind of church planner. And thirdly, then a different level of gospel collaboration. Yeah. And that's just what we're seeing. We're seeing um, in places that are actually moving the needle in terms of seeing evangelism rates increase the clip in an in a area. We're seeing a correlation between the pastors and leaders of churches Seeing that they're not in competition with one another, but they're in competition with darkness, and that they um, they pull in together to have a a um, gospel saturation strategy where they're working together on that and um, and they keep the main thing the main thing. And so those three big things are, are I think I think in Canada we're set up to culturally um, say, I think we we should lean in on these. And so I just really want to to wave that flag hard and long for a while.
0: Yeah. And it's not just, and those are all important things that we need to be thinking about. And it's not just four denominations that are in networks that are together. Uh, how many, you know, are partners with Church Planting Canada? How many different kinds? Yeah. I mean, think we're number? up,
1: to, up to somewhere around 25.
0: Yeah. So yes. so it's, a, it's, it's, I love this idea of uh, multi-denominational or interdenominational collaboration. And uh, we were planning an event, weren't we, to be in Calgary, and uh, we were going to bring... Alberta had its best summer ever. Uh, best summer ever. Ouch. Yeah. It was a great summer uh, here <laughs> in Alberta, but now we are... Uh, yeah, we're in the throes of a fourth wave here and we were going to have an event in Calgary and it was going to be amazing and we had people coming from all over Canada. We had
1: record record um enrollment record, record registration. Yeah, for
0: for, sure. for in person. And yeah. uh, then we had to make this uh wise decision. We not a fun it wasn't the fun decision, no, the wise decision sorry. to go online. And so we're going to be going online uh this uh this October. And why don't you tell us, uh, you know, who's going to be there online? It's going to be uh, the, let me just, the 26th and 27th uh, in the, the evening. Um, and we're going to try to make it available for our co-vocational and bivocational planters so they can be there mm-hmm. to participate. But why don't you just share your heart with what, what we're going to be sharing at this conference and maybe some yeah. of the speakers?
1: So on those three big ideas, um, we we kind of went around the globe and, and tried to get um, the best examples of of people who are actually living this and seeing the fruit of it. And so we're having speakers um, coming in now online from around the world that are, are actually living testimonies of what we're talking about here and how it works. And then... We are um, having other expressions in Canada so maybe maybe a little more incipient a little more early on and um, who are who are actually, um forming themselves towards these these kinds of of um, postures and movements and so so we got kind of both a a global picture of it and a local picture of it and i think that's going to be helpful sometimes we're we're easy to dismiss something that's going on around the rest of the world saying you know well that's over there it could never happen here well
0: we're seeing we're seeing some of it happen here and so that's exciting And so uh, churchplantingcanada.ca, you can see all the speakers. You can still register online. We've got really good attendance. We're going to be doing some breakout groups as well. In case you didn't know, I'm part of the design team uh, with Jeff, and so that's why I know so much about this and excited about it. you probably don't want to blow
1: your own horn, um, Paul, but um, it's interesting to me that many of the – we're probably heavily numbered in payock, uh, I think PAOC yep. has got got ex, uh, disproportionate amount of expressions of what we're looking at. Yeah, and uh, and it wasn't because of you saying I'm on this design team, I want my way. No, I I'm, I'm yeah. the guy looking around Canada to see what we have here. Yeah, and uh, so a feather in the cap of the leadership of your your tribe is that you have people that are on the front end of, of thinking on a lot of these things. So I think that's
0: really great. We, we have tremendous leaders in our group. and uh, But certainly we don't want to, uh, you know, feel like we, we've we got so much to learn. And since I took this role nationally uh, as the Multiply Network uh, coordinator, that just kind of drives, you know, just in our POC family, church multiplication, um As I chat with other denominations and networks, um, we certainly have a lot of catch-up to do on some of those things, and so I've enjoyed being a part of this team and connecting with their design team, but just all of Church Planting Canada, all the leaders, um, and that would be something I would say if you're a leader out there and you're thinking about church planting or church multiplication, you need to be a part of these conversations, Yeah. So you know, be a part of the the conference this year. Watch it online. It's it's not a huge time commitment. I think it's two and a half hours on the Tuesday, two and a half hours on the Wednesday. But then you're going to have an opportunity to be involved in some cohorting after. Did you want to talk about that a little bit, Jeff?
1: Yeah. Well, we're we're having to, again. Everything is changing, right? And so yep. I'm I I can't, I can't actually share too much on that. I have a call actually right after this at two o'clock Eastern time. Um, uh, on that but uh, so I I really can't share too too much because the plans I did have are have morphed now but um, we d- we just recognize that you don't change most people don't fundamentally change um, especially a, a habit like church <laughs> like how we do church yeah. and um, without really wrestling through um, and so our our we really do want to have some cohorts of leaders who are walking this journey together that are, that are actually, you know, wrestling biblically through this culturally through this, how does this work? Um, um what, what, how do I need to change? What, what, how do my and get second wind here and yep. who can encourage me? And so, um, most times those those major shifts that we have in fact in fact if you think about a, a big u curve like a big u yeah on the one side is um is is this letting go and then there's our repenting and then there's our rethinking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there there has to, and that word repentance, we think of it in, in often a negative time like we've been bad. Yeah. But actually the word metanoia means, you know, it's a new mind. It's like God blowing our mind. And I think that's that's what's happening right now. Um yeah. the ideas that we've had in Canada about what the body of Christ is yep. has been blowing up. I it, mean, it, it's been a bit slow leak for a while, but over these last two years now, it has just exploded. And um, and and I think God has a different picture for us. And, and so,
0: yeah, yeah. There's lots of new conversations we didn't think we'd be having this early, probably. Right. And yeah. uh, what I've loved about you know being involved in church planting Canada, well, first of all, it's and, and I'm connected as you are, Jeff, to other. <clears throat> Groups in the States that are learning and we're sharing together. Thankful for the CMN network, the Assemblies of God who have just been yeah. so generous. Um, you know, Big Jeffrey, fan of
1: John Davidson. And, oh, yeah. Jeffrey
0: Portman yeah. and those guys yeah. are phenomenal. And they just, they've just, anything I've needed, they've just sent in just very open-handed. But there it is a different culture in Canada, obviously. And so what I love about these conversations is they're Canadian conversations. And at the event as well, um, after every session, we're going to have Canadian missiologists right. talk on a panel and give feedback uh, uh, regarding the content we just heard. And so, we're hoping to make it really engaging opportunity for the audience yeah. to jump in. Um, we're really
1: we're really trying to figure out how
0: to make this as
1: feel like it's that that everybody's in the room right. at the same time. And so it, we've we've invented a format. none of us has ever seen it before, but we've invented a format where we have a uh, a couple of online hosts that are are reacting in real time to the online audience. Yep. And then on the panel, uh, on the stage, we have live, like you say, these, um, emerging missiologists across Canada that are kind of knee deep in the middle of this conversation, doing it themselves, yeah. and uh, and so we're going to be discussing what we're what we've just heard, uh, and then. Um, the, the audience can engage with the hosts who will fire it over to, to this panel so we're yep. actually gonna have real time conversation what with, with even what the audience is 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 feeling well, and
0: this is the hope Jeff this is, yeah, this the, is hope. the hope <laughs> this is
1: our best plans
0: <laughs> and so if you're if you're wondering what this is gonna look like think about like CBC on election night or CTV where everyone has different desks on the stage. That's kind of the thinking we have. So, anyways. Without the, the budget. Without that. Yeah, without that ex- large, <laughs> large budget, I'm sure that they have. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, Church Planning Canada, register, be a part of it. You, what I've loved, and again, another thing I've loved about these church planning conversations is. Um, like I view church planting a little bit as the R&D research and development yeah. of PAOC anyways and uh, I think other organizations do as well and so there's a lot of conversations when you think about future of church uh it often starts with church planting conversations so if you have a if you have a heart or desire or an interest to see where the church is going, you need to be talking yeah, with church right. planters and missiologists. And you have an opportunity at Church Planting Canada Congress this year, October twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Um, Jeff, we talked about just prior to this, and um, you know, you're a thirty thousand foot leader. You're a missiologist. Do a lot of writing. You've written books, and and uh, and so you have a vision. And the executive director of Church Planting Canada but you're also a local church pastor that's restarting or replanting um you know a church yeah. and so it's not like you're just always flying at 30,000 feet pontificating on where we should go as a as a, <laughs> as movements you're actually in the trenches you're actually right there and so i do want to talk about the replanting strategy you had cuz i think there's some people that are approaching this fall including our planters that are going I feel like I have to replant this thing. Yeah. Um yeah. but let's keep it a bit broader but use both perspectives. Like church in Canada. What what are we seeing here? Like people aren't coming back to church like they they have uh do we need a new apologetic on gathering? Um how do we church plant in this climate? Like just any thoughts? Cause I know you're engaging yeah. with lots of different leaders from all different denominations and you're a local church pastor. What are you seeing? What are you thinking about the church in Canada moving forward?
1: Well, at the start of this pandemic, I very just clearly, the Holy spirit just spoke to my heart and said, when you speak to pastors, tell them this. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I've heard for so many years, pastors, Leaders who felt called by God to do, you know, something, and they end up running the instruments of a church instead, and and the things of their passion um, have have sort of dissipated, and now they're they're busy doing all kinds of other trivial things that aren't really at the center of what how God called them in the very first place. Right. And so what I sense God saying at the beginning of this is, okay, now be courageous. This is your moment. (laughs) This is your moment. There's a pause that's about to happen here. And um and take full opportunity of the pause to begin to um reorder the priorities of your church. And right. um and so I I think what we, you know, and it's it's been a common discussion: has COVID produced problems or revealed them? And I think probably both. Yeah. But um the uh the revelation I think has been. That we have so put our um, interest and attention in gathering, gathering has been everything. <laughs> we've yeah. been gotten really good gatherers, and and we've sort of had a, a subcategory of the church gathered, and then the church scattered, which had no uh, no thought behind it. And all of a sudden, when the church became scattered, um, you know, it, it seemed like the church had no power. The church it had no re no no nothing to do because the only thing we understood how to do was put a worship service together largely yeah and um and so i i hope we can reframe that to the church gathered and the church deployed and um and we begin to put as much energy or more on on the deploying part <laughs> and so so um so the church gathered might look entirely different than it, it had in the past. Yeah. And and the church deployed might be very strategic in how we um, use our, our leaders, our staff, in equipping. <laughs> um, we see in Ephesians 4, 11, 12, equipping people yeah. for the works of ministry. So, so
0: yeah. I'm not uh, sure I think, why we just—I'm not sure why as leaders we just—yeah, it's in there and we all— you know, collectively nod our heads, and then, then we don't necessarily, you know, disciple them to a place where they become ministers of reconciliation seven days a week. Like, I, I mean, I we're excited. My wife and I are working with an existing church here in Edmonton, uh, well, just outside Edmonton, Gateway Family Church in Laduke. And we're we're dreaming about an existing church with a microchurch network and how mm. does that work together. Mm. And we're just even this Sunday, uh, we're I'm team teaching with my friend as we kind of talk through what is it like what is it what's it like to live the missionary mindset or the missionary lifestyle yeah. every single day. And I think that's what you mean by deployed, correct?
1: Yeah. So for instance, the, the, just a practical example. So the church that I'm leading, I, I thought like, how do I get them to a point where emotionally they're ready for um, Sunday morning worship service? Isn't everything we do. Yeah. And, um, and so, well, God, God's in control of all things. And, um, and he's allowed this virus to disrupt. And so what we've done is um, we've moved from having a weekly worship service to a, a week we're continuing at our, our missional communities to meet, um, weekly. Mm-hmm. And, um, instead of having two groups that meet like a, on, on a Sunday and on a Wednesday and having common people like believers, both times kind yeah. of getting together twice.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So sun, Sunday is, is a, we, we, um, live stream in teaching and, um, and we have a, a time where it is very much for the believers, but that same group of people um, on Wednesday or Thursday are actually missioning together. And, um, and then we're gathering them together on a big sort of gathering time once a month instead of every Sunday, oh, where we're celebrating baptisms and doing all the kinds of things that... But uh it takes just it takes so much energy to pull off the big thing that all of our all of our energy of our church was was going towards that. And we didn't have any opportunity or energy or yeah. bandwidth or resources or money or anything towards uh mission. And yeah. so what this does is because we are doing a co-vocational model, yeah, um, so we're not paying staff, and because we um are are doing uh not renting every week now yep. that all of the ties and offerings money goes towards mission in our, in our communities, in our neighborhood. So yeah. our, our missional communities have thousands of dollars to meet needs with in the name of Christ. Mm. And, um, and we don't have to pass the hat every five minutes to wipe somebody's <laughs> nose or whatever. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So missional communities, I mean, micro church, micro sites, micro campuses that, I think the thing that we have in common is a decentralization. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not I'm a both and guy. Like I actually think that that existing churches, if they position themselves to be more apostolic in nature, use your building, use your congregation as a sending area. So you bring Mm -hmm. people in to send them out. Like that's just the I think there's a wonderful marriage. Between that and, you know, embracing this decentralization and empowering lay people to be ministers. And so do do you see, you know, um, do you see this happening more and more? Will you see more existing churches, do you think, moving to micro church or micro campuses or missional communities? Yeah,
1: that's where the trend definitely is. I see two things happening um, that are very healthy, I think. And it's, it's being, we're being led by younger leaders on both of them. Um, one is when you think about denominations, it used to be at least, you know, talk about your Pentecostal distinctives, Mm -hmm. talk, talk about your Baptist distinctives in my world. And, um, and, and so we're, 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 we're kind of celebrating the things that make us different than everybody else and um those become you know really big yeah. points that we gather around. True. Well, the younger gang isn't doing that. Yeah. And um and and there's a there's a sense more of the the normalcy of the body of Christ that they're actually um wanting wanting to aspire towards and begin right. to put their energies in. So there's that. Yeah. And then there is this sense where um the church as performance is is something that isn't isn't working for them and they're they're really wanting the, you know, they're seeing the church as the vehicle for the kingdom of God instead of the goal in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I think we're being led by a generation that has been frustrated with the priorities of previous generations, that yeah. one including I occupy, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and are actually, I think they have their finger on the pulse of both culture and I think the heart of God, which is yeah, kind of exciting.
0: And I think there's still a, we, there's still this place that they're not saying we don't want to meet together. They're just they're just maybe wanting to meet for different purposes or different avenues or venues. And I, I do see micro church and missional communities and all of those things really really ramping up because I think there's a lot of people that are sitting in our churches and coming on Sunday that have pastoral gifts, that have teaching gifts, that have apostolic and prophetic and evangelistic bents and, 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 and interests and gifts in those areas for them to go out and start things. And, and we've just made it all about, well, I'm not going to say we've at times we've made it about just those who are just leading from the stage. And yeah, we ask, I mean, the questions we
1: ask and the answers we give, kind of tell us really where, where we are. We say, so um, where's your church? And then in that we mean like a physical place or, or what time is church? And in that we mean, you know, what time is yep. a worship service or what yep. kind of church? And in that we're meaning what kind of, what kind of tribe are you a part of or yep. something? We, we Those are the questions that we're asking to help describe um, specifics of who we are. And those are all bad questions and they give us bad answers. And, um, and I think I think the picture of the body of Christ and the person of Christ lining up. Yeah. <laughs> that uh and I think that's where that Ephesians passage is helpful too, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. So yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. And so you've actually included that into the leadership team. We've chatted about this before when you were uh thinking about taking this church on and and replanting or restarting or whatever you want to revitalizing yep. it. Um you actually went out of your way to find those gifts and bring them onto your team. So why don't you talk about the replanting, revitalization? Uh, because I think most leaders are feeling like we've had a year and a half off. Uh, you know, intermittent maybe in-person meetings, depending on which province you're in. Yeah. And now you know, and now they're feeling like, especially for church plants who have been out of buildings, can't rent schools. You know, what were some of the things you thought about? Pre-pandemic and now maybe how has that changed since the pandemic?
1: Boy, that's a that's a big question. Um, <clears throat> pre-pandemic, um, the uh, it was I was stymied on how to get from A to B. Be honest, yeah, I was stymied on how to how to get beyond the theory on this because the pain points of that it's going to take to um to live a different life you know i didn't want to blow the church up i didn't want you know everybody to go okay you know if, if you're not going to meet my my wants and needs i'm out of here yeah. and so um so i was, I was a bit stymied pre-pandemic I, I think i'm referred to this already but kind of god set us up at this it was to take opportunity take this opportunity to um not really miss a beat mm-hmm. and um and so, you know, did we lose people in this? I don't think we did. Did we pick up people? Yes, we have. And um and so yeah, it's uh it's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing. Now, I mean, in Ontario here, we've been so um
0: so locked down. Locked
1: down. Yeah. But now we're it, we're now able to meet in homes, you know, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, wow, this is we're starting to live it." And so it's kind of
0: So it, when you so when you switch to the missional community idea, was there initial pushback or was there excitement or like- well,
1: people, people, I mean, were cool with the idea. The harder part was to say, we are not going to also gather every Sunday morning, sing hymns or sing worship songs. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, and to say, no, we're just going to do that once a month. And uh, we're going to have a celebration once a month and we're going to put our energies on, and we, we build a, a mini APEST in every missional community. So we have our A's equip the A's in each of the missional communities. Our P. So our, our whole thing is an equipping structure. Yeah. And um, and uh, and so yeah, we're just in the beginning of of living that now. Actually, now that we can be together.
0: What are you excited about? Like as you as your journey, and like what what are the things that excite you about the local church?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think ownership. Yeah, um, that's good. I like that. Yeah. It's like, it's like people, I think, are feeling like this isn't, you know, this isn't Jeff's church. This is Jesus's church. Right. And, um, and I think, I think we're, um, that open-handed way that we have to live and have to lead um, encourages everybody just to kind of join in. You know, that, 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 the passage of scripture has always bugged me as a pastor saying, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. And everybody else in the back of your mind saying, "Yeah, right." You know, you're get paid for this. You're full time, and now they know that I'm as busy or busier than most of them. Right? I can say with a fair bit of conviction, "Follow me as I follow Christ," and yeah. uh, and there's few, less excuses of why why not.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, man, I love that. The ownership piece is a big deal. Um, like we work, you, you work nationally still, and obviously, I work nationally. And it's hard to get a shared vision. Hmm. It just is that I found that to be such a challenge. Like, and not that people wouldn't, you know, collectively nod their heads about the vision like let's reach Canada, let's start yeah, yeah. new disciple-making communities, let's revitalize churches. And we all collectively nod we our heads. We always vote for the
1: Great Commission. I'm yeah, sorry. we always vote yeah. for the
0: Great Commission. Hey, who's in who wants to do the Great Commission? Yeah, who wants to do the Great <laughs> Commandment? Yeah, who wants to do the Great Requirement? Yeah, we're all in. We love it. Uh, and then, re- then but once it requires the change in 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 and structural change and and courageous leadership and people maybe not liking the change uh pushing maybe back to that consumer mindset um the shared vision idea begins to to wane because because that shared vision does cause change and i think it was Brian Sanders who said uh on a call that that i was on some time ago, he says, every organization has an immune system. So anything that's new is is seen as a threat. Anything that's introduced as new is seen mm. as a threat until it realizes it isn't. And so uh, trying to get that shared vision, a that's new good. shared vision, because um, we bumped into that a little bit, you know, just kind of like, let's introduce this. And I think... I think uh, you know the missional communities, micro churches, micro sites, micro campuses uh, could be very disruptive. And the fact that we moved online, like now, you could have a church in, you know, pick you could have a church in Calgary, but have people from all over the world, right, be a part of your church, watching it, be involved in the ministry. Maybe want to do a micro site there. Like it's very disruptive. This whole. Uh, thing, but what an opportunity
1: we have. Well, I mean, it, I think if we as leaders can sort of, there has, there's a, a crucifixion that has to happen in our own spirit. Our, and the cross that we have to sort of die on is that, um, that it is in our church. Yeah. We, we know that, but we feel responsible for it. Yeah. We've re, we feel responsible for the form, making it work. And, um, and at some point, we have to die to that mm-hmm. and say, "No, no, I am um, responsible to King Jesus. Yeah. I am responsible to the, you know, the the people that God has given me um, um, stewardship over, right. and I'm responsible to make followers of King Jesus by these people." Yeah. And uh, and and all of a sudden, the forms become less less important. And, um, yeah, it's, but it is when the church becomes the goal, it becomes this idolatrous, um, powerless thing. And, uh, and I think we're there way too much
0: as pastors. Yeah. Uh, my friend said to me, and this, we'll kind of end on this, but this, this could, this actually could take another 40 minutes, but anyways, I want to, I want to end this. My friend said to me some time ago, um, you know, cause part of my role is to help start new disciple making communities all over Canada. So that's kind of the multiply network, what we're part of in PAOC. And so we use the word disciple making communities. He goes, It's interesting, we've asked you to make start new disciple making communities without disciple making culture. Hmm. And, uh, and that is actually very true. And part of me thinks I should probably stop worrying about starting new disciple-making communities and maybe start worrying about embedding disciple-making culture uh, in our existing and new churches. Because if until that happens, we probably won't see the multiplication we want to see.
1: So just... As Peter Drucker says, culture eats vision for
0: breakfast. It does. And yep. so so... How do we build disciple-making culture? Like, for me, I'm committed to this. Like, any new start we have, we our whole lead team is on board that we're going to make sure that every new start we have will have disciple-making culture baked right in, including multiplication. and uh, And so we kind of think maybe we could fix the future by starting enough disciple-making culture churches that it will slowly shift... Mm and change and impact maybe the others around. And I know even in our revitalization summit we had this summer, uh, it was all about disciple making culture. So any any thoughts on how we can do that uh in our churches today? How do we ensure that disciple making culture is there?
1: Well it has to be um The prime directive and and nothing can compete with it. And so it can't be, you know, I here's what I need from my from my people in order to keep everything going as a church. Right. And if we have time, let's let's give the extras to this disciple making stuff. Yeah. The second thing, it it has to be um, modeled and lived by everybody. And if, if your leadership isn't doing it, don't bother trying to make it a priority. Right. And so, because it, it, people are just going to do what they see people doing, and if no one, you know, there's just no way to make that happen. And um, I had a third thing.
0: <laughs> well, I would add, I would add, don't don't make it a program. Don't make discipleship a program, but a lifestyle. I think sometimes we say, you know, and I'm a big fan of Alpha. That's a great start, and it's and it is kind of yeah. a, a structure. And I think yep. use it definitely. But beyond that, it should be like, oh, we're in discipleship classes 101, 201, 301, 401. Yeah. Then after yeah, you finish yeah. that, you're done. You know, it's like, you've, you've been discipled. Yeah. Like, yeah. who who is discipling you and who are you discipling? That to yeah, me is reproducibility the question.
1: Is the is key to it, right? It's that's, like,
0: that's the question. Yeah. How do you know you have a disciple making culture that when you walk up to someone in your church and you say, hey, who's discipling you? And then they say, someone. And then you say, "And who are you discipling?" And they answer that like if you randomly go up to people and ask them, maybe it's a litmus paper test on disciple making culture. But if they, if like nine out of ten people are going, "Yeah, someone, this person is discipling me," and I'm discipling one, two, three, whatever people, that'll tell you as a leader that it's that it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to define that, you know, define what discipleship is and the characteristics and what you're shooting for. But I just think like just a real simple question is who are you discipling and who's discipling you? And, and, Kate carry the whole
1: continuum. Like, like maybe even drop the word discipleship from your vocabulary. Okay. And um, because it, it's been polluted with in, in, in our memories with a, a course and a book and a fill in the blank mm-hmm. and a right. small group study and, and that and really disciple making is what we're asked to do. Mm-hmm. And, um and that, that, implicit in disciple making is evangelism and we we make discipleship and evangelism as contradictory i was gonna say that people yeah and um and disciple making has always been how I'm fishing and um yeah. and then I'm teaching, you know it's it's this whole thing, and so,
0: yeah, we've made yeah. them two separate things. It's like, oh now and competing we're, things, yeah, we're an evangelistic church, that means we're
1: shallow, We're a discipleship church, that means we're deep.
0: yeah, and yeah. it's just like actually discipleship happens well before someone makes a decision right to follow, and I think that's, that's right. a that's something that when I talk to young leaders, it's a no-brainer, they don't even blink. They like yeah, I call it
1: incipient sanctification because I watch <laughs> I watch people who who have been in this disciple-making culture who who have never yet bowed their knees to King Jesus yep. but they're hanging around believers and they're actually changing habits, changing priorities, right. changing things that by the time they say yes to Jesus they they are miles down the road. Yeah. And yeah, um
0: I love it. Yeah. So I think I think there's some thing. I mean, we could go down here this trail lots. But Jeff, thanks for thanks for this conversation. Um, thanks for all that you're doing for uh, for Canada. I know you were in the states for a number of years helping them out, but I, I knew you felt the call to come back to Canada and yeah, help, spur, yeah, help spur. Yeah, help spur things on here. We're so grateful for your voice. Keep writing, keep speaking, and uh, hopefully we can get a ton of people. Uh, on church planting congress this year yeah you know more sharing the vision and yeah we're behind you we love it
1: well i'm i'm very grateful both both for the the work investment that you are are putting into this and brian is our chairman of the board of church planting Canada. yeah Yeah. and um yeah your 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 people are a huge huge impetus in this whole thing so i'm very grateful for you
0: we love it all right thanks for jumping on today jeff